what is a word that I can give that will be a timely word for them that will be exactly what they need to hear and I pray that that's what this is for you because the Lord took me to Philippians 4 and in Philippians 4 there is a verse that almost all of us know basically by heart and it has been printed on one million shirts one million I'm guessing it might even be more but it's been printed on thousands and thousands of shirts and you know if you go to Hobby Lobby you'll see it everywhere and you'll see it on a bunch of backgrounds on people's phones and I even have it me personally I have it as a sticker on my phone Philippians 4 13 says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me but today I want to rewind a little bit and I want to get some context for that verse because a lot of times what we do when we don't really study the Bible is we'll see a verse like that and we'll be like, wow, that is so principal. You know, it is so quotable. It is such a great verse. You know, it's, it's so easy and it's so good and it makes me feel so good. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but we don't understand the full context, you know, which there's nothing wrong with the way we've been using it or anything like that. But I do want to give a little bit of a deeper meaning and give you another layer of understanding of that verse. And sometimes if you just go back two verses or one, you get more context of what you're reading and you can understand what is fully happening when Paul is speaking those verses. Remember that all of those verses in the New Testament, they come from epistles. The word epistle means letter. All of these verses that we read in Philippians, in Colossians, in Romans, they're letters that the Apostle Paul is writing to the early church and their instructions for how to live a godly life and their encouragement for people who may be going through different things. And so this is what Paul says as he's going, as, as he's saying, I can do all things for Christ. If we back, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If we back that up just a little bit to Philippians 4, 11, we'll read what he's fully talking about. He says, I have learned in whatever situation I am in to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and of being in hunger, of abundance and in need. I can do all things through he who strengthens me. So now you get a, a little bit of a bigger picture because Paul is not only talking about the things that he wants to do, which is how we see that verse sometimes where, you know, we're going into 2023. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Every single thing I put my mind to, I can do. And you know what? I'm not negating any of that. But today I want to give a word to that person who's reflecting on 2022 and says, you know what, God, I went into 2022 thinking this process was going to be finished and it's still not finished. I'm still waiting on prayers that haven't been wrapped up. I'm still waiting on processes that haven't been wrapped up. I really had hoped that by December 2022, I wouldn't be dealing with some of the things that I'm dealing. I want to speak today to the heart of the young girl who says, God, I thought my financial situations were going to be better by now. Lord, I thought I was going to have a job by now. God, I'm still fighting with my mom. And this situation with my mom has me heartbroken. You know, I, I posted the other day on my Instagram, I don't know if you guys saw it, but I posted the other day, I said, just because it's Christmas doesn't mean you're happy. Some of us are going into Christmas and yeah, we'll be happy about Christmas and we'll be happy when everybody's opening the presents and we'll be happy in the actual family function. But some of us will go to bed that night heartbroken. And I know how that feels. I know how that feels. And so I just felt the Holy Spirit bring me even to remembrance of how I felt over the years. I lost my mom around Christmas time. I've had two miscarriages that happened to happen 
around Christmas time. So I know what it is to be like, it's the end of the year. And yes, I want to go into the next year saying I can do all things to Christ to strengthen me. And I, I want to, you know, just give them hell. Like they say, or like my uncle says, give them heaven. I want to go in guns a blazing, but I still have questions. I still have doubts. I'm still facing hunger. I'm still facing difficult circumstances. And when you read what Paul is actually speaking about, when he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, he's not only talking about the things that he's going to set out to do. What that, what that verse means when you go to the original, it says, I can go through anything because Christ is strengthening me. And I want to give you that encouragement today. Not only is God going to help you, yes, accomplish your goals, be a goal digger, be a, go a girl boss. Not only is he going to help you with that, but he's also going to give you the strength to withstand whatever you're going through right now. If you have questions, that's okay. If you are suffering, that's okay. Because I think sometimes when we only talk about the, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in the way that people normally understand it or in the way that people normally talk about it, then we will feel like failures when we lose something. I know that I felt like that. When I've lost my babies at this point, I've had three miscarriages. And I remember feeling every time like, man, what am I doing wrong? What am I praying wrong? You know, I put my hands on other people and it happens, but for me, it doesn't happen. And the Lord brought me to an understanding that we are still on earth. And while we're still on earth, we are going to suffer earthly things. We are going to sometimes experience sickness. We are going to sometimes experience pain. But listen to what Paul says. He says, he says, I have learned that in whatever situation I am in, I can still be content. And that's part of the encouragement that I want to give you, because this may sound like it's not a very encouraging word, because like, man, Vanessa's telling me that I'm going to have to suffer. No, I'm, I mean, you probably already know that you're going to have to suffer. You're probably already going through things. But Paul said, the way that I'm able to do all things, the way that I'm able to go through anything and not be broken and not be crushed and not give up, because I don't know about you guys, but I've been through situations that have just been made me be like, I don't even want to go into the new year. Like, forget this. Screw this, Lord. Just take me to heaven because it's hard down here. It's rough out here. I've been through situations that make me say that. But Paul says, I, I can do all things. I can go through anything. From now on, anytime you guys hear this verse, courtesy of Maven House, courtesy of Vanessa Gracia Cruz, I want you to add a little asterisk at the end. And I want you to add the new understanding of what that verse means. Because yes, it means I can do all things through him through strengthens me, but it also means I can go through anything. I can withstand anything. I can withstand loss. I can withstand grief. I can withstand death. I can withstand losing my job. I can have, like Paul said, I can be in hunger or I can be in abundance. I can have plenty or I can be in need, but I have learned the secret. And the secret is what Paul says in that very first verse. It is contentment. It is learning to put your eyes on what he has already done instead of what he hasn't yet finished. Because I promise you this, any difficulty you are facing in your life, the Bible promises us in Romans, God is going to use it for good. God is going to turn it into good. If it is not good yet, it's because it is still in process. That is the promise we have. I'm not making it up. I'm not preaching you a prosperity gospel. That is the promise we have in the word. And we have it over and over and over. 
it is all over the New Testament. That's why it's so important to read your word because that's what strengthens you in the moments where you're like, bro, why do I not just give up? Somebody reminds me why I'm still doing this if it doesn't work. And you know what? It's okay to feel like that sometimes. It's okay to feel a little bit down. If you're reaching the end of 2022 and there are goals that you didn't accomplish, not because you were lazy or not because you did anything wrong, but because you couldn't, because circumstances were just adverse. Things were tough. Things were hard. I know there are some people listening in on this call who are dealing with maybe hormonal issues, who are dealing with, like I dealt with for so many years, infertility, who are, who are like, man, I believe in God, but I'm still having these panic attacks. I'm still depressed. I'm still trying to wake up every day and make it. Paul says, I've learned to be content even when I'm going through that. I have learned that following God does not mean that the circumstance makes me happy. It means that I learn how to be happy. And in that way, the Holy Spirit is perfecting me, building my character and making me more like him. In that way, I am becoming more like God. See, it's so important that we understand that Christianity is so much deeper than us getting whatever we want. Christianity is about us becoming like Christ. And if you look at the life of Christ, he was not rich. I'm not saying that God is not going to prosper you. I'm just saying that the things that were important to Christ were not money. They were not a better job. They were not a better career. They were not, I mean, I've said this before and, and people always look at me funny when I say this, but if you look at Christ at his death, he looked like a failure to man because he was here getting crucified. So he didn't have glory. He did not make it far in his career. All of his peers in his career, which in that time would have been the Pharisees, called him a hack, called him a liar, called him a fake. He was dying without reputation, without money. And even the clothes on his back were going to pagan soldiers. We're going to the people who were crucifying him. So if you look at him with earthly eyes and humanly eyes, he was a failure. He failed. But he didn't fail because he accomplished God's purpose and because God's purpose was accomplished in him. And it's so important that we understand that Christianity is not about luxuries. Christianity is not about comfort. Christianity is not a promise that you're never going to suffer. And it's important for you to know that so you don't feel like a failure when you're suffering. When you are suffering, you are like Christ. When you are suffering, you are like every human being. And Christ, the, the word of God says that Christ joined in our sufferings. He didn't have to suffer. He joined in our sufferings so that we would know that he knows what it's like to be human. To be human is to suffer. To be human is to sometimes have plenty. Even Paul, one of the greatest men that has ever walked this earth. You know, I think after Jesus, my favorite person ever is Paul. Maybe King David, but that's neither here nor there. But Paul, one of the greatest leaders used by God, anointed. He healed people. God broke him out of jail. He had moments of intense victory. He could go up to a blind man and say, uh, you know, be healed. And that blind man would see, but still he found himself in, in Galatians. The word of God says he found himself with a thorn in his side. He found himself with uncomfort here in Philippians. He says, I know how to abound and I know how to be brought low. I know how to face plenty and I know how to, how to hunger. And in everything, I know how to be content because it's not about me having everything I want. It's about God forming me into who I want to be. So I want to leave that on your heart today. Maybe in this Christmas, you're abounding or maybe you're being brought low. Maybe in this Christmas, you are facing plenty and you have all you need for all your Christmas presents. Or maybe you got to give people a hug for Christmas and that's all they're getting. 
I remember a few years ago, one of my cousins gave all of us a, a candy bar and a note that said, Santa was broke this Christmas. <laughs> and it was very funny in the moment. But hey, you know, we, we got it. We understood. Maybe you're in plenty or maybe you're still waiting for God to finish the process because the good news is that you're not going to stay in that low place. You will be brought high. And guess what? When you're brought high, something else is going to happen because we're living the human experience. Life is never going to be perfect, but God is strengthening you so that you can get to that point, that point like Paul, where you can say, I can go through anything and not be broken through him who strengthens me. I can go through anything and be awake and alive. Man, if you would have told me at 17, at 17, I love the Lord. I was already a worship leader. I was, you know, but I was a baby Christian. I was, I was not mature in Christ. If you would have told me at 17, Vanessa, you're going to go through your mom passing away. You're going to go through years of infertility. You're going to go through three miscarriages. You're going to go through people stabbing you in the back. You're going to go through people stealing from you. You're going to go through, I would have said, Lord, take me now. <laughs> like, I would have been like, no, please. But I would have never known that I'd still be standing and strong at the end of it because I've learned through those things, through the miscarriages, through the difficulties, through the hard moments, I've learned. Like Paul says, he says, he doesn't say I woke up one day and God gave me the gift of contentment. And, and you know, he just deposited it in me. And all of a sudden I was content through everything I went through. No. Through going through these processes, I develop contentment. Now, how do I develop contentment? Really quick. I'm going to give them to you really quick so that we can end this call with prayer for contentment in your life. But I want, I want to give you three practical things to practice. And you can start them today. And I promise you, because I've put them into practice. I promise that if you do these three things just today, by the end of today, you will feel more content. You will feel like you can take your eyes off of the things you're missing and begin to feel wholeness and joy and peace with the things that you have. Because all of the things that we feel that are opposite to contentment, anxiety is opposite to contentment, um, frustration is opposite to contentment, depression is opposite of contentment. The word contentment literally means to be okay, to be content, to say, Lord, I have enough. Yes, I want more, but I am content with what I have. All of these emotions that are opposite to contentment, the enemy brings so that we would be so that we would experience the bad and not the good of what God has to give us. God has already given you good. You may you might not have everything you want, but I assure you God has given you good things in your life. So three things to put into practice because I'm already getting into my first point. The first point is thankfulness, gratefulness. When you don't feel content, even if you're ending this year and you're like, man, I'm not content. I I I just feel crappy. I feel like there's things I'm missing. I feel like a failure. Begin to thank God for what he's already given. Begin to thank God. Thank him out loud. Thank him out loud. The Bible says we have power. And we have, there's power in our tongue. Or even if, if you can't think, thank him out loud, then just do a list in your mind. Begin to say, Lord, thank you for the fact that I woke up this morning. Thank you because I have food. You know how many people are hungry right now? Even Paul, Paul was hungry. And one thing I can say is that most likely 
you know, I can't speak in, in generalities, but a lot of times, you know, we have smartphones, we have air conditioning, you know, thank you, Lord, that I have a job to go to. And if I don't have a job to go to, thank you that you've kept me alive this long. Thank you for the house that I'm living in. Thank you for the place that I have to stay, even if I'm staying with people, because I don't have anywhere to go. Thank you that they open their doors to me and they've let me stay this long. Thank you, God. Thank you for the legs that I have. Thank you for the mind that I have that's working. Thank you, God, for the eyes that I have to see. Just begin to thank him for anything big and small and sometimes the things that we think are small are the biggest things of all you know even what I just said thank you for the mind that I have to comprehend you know because as long as I have this mind working then I can keep on looking for other jobs if you begin to thank God for what you already have and take your mind off of what you don't have yet then you'll begin to see that God has given you things that are setting you up for the next step in your life so thank God. Thank him. The Bible says we thank him in all things. We thank him in every moment, even today as you're driving to work or, or as soon as you get off this call, get a sticky note at your desk and write down the top five things you're thankful for. Write down the top five things he's done this year. Don't worry so much about the things he hasn't done yet. You can have those as goals. You can have those as dreams. You can have those as plans for next year. But for now, for today, for the next two weeks, as we end this year, thank him. The next thing is practice humility. Humility is a practice that you practice in your mind and in your heart more than anything. Practicing humility is understanding that we deserve nothing. As Christians, especially as Christians in you know, the United States, we can be so entitled. And a lot of times we're angry with God. And when you get down to where that anger is coming from, it's coming from pride. Because we love to go to God and say, God, but I'm so good. God, but I'm a leader in your kingdom. God, but I did everything right this year. And sometimes we need to be reminded that we are not perfect. That sometimes we don't have certain things because we didn't make right decisions. And God is not judging us or condemning us, but it's a fact and it has to be noticed. That sometimes it takes a little bit longer to get us out of the messes that we've gotten ourselves into. That sometimes, even if we've done nothing wrong, that God knows better than us. Humility is also understanding that God knows better than me. That if God didn't allow, uh, you know, this check to come through, or if God still hasn't healed me of my sickness, if he's allowing me to go through a longer process, because there's two types of healing. There's instantaneous healing, which happens in some cases. And there are some cases where the healing is a process. And the word of God tells us in the book of James that that process produces our character. And sometimes God hasn't given you certain things in your life because he is trying to make you a better person overall. Sometimes God is allowing you to go through certain processes to save your own soul, to teach you humility, to teach you how to cultivate joy, to teach you how to cultivate contentment, to build you on the inside. And humility tells you to tell your own soul, like David told his own soul. David said, oh, my soul, my soul, do not be downcast. He told his own soul to worship the Lord and to thank the Lord, even when he was going through the most difficult situation in his life, because he said, you know what? At the end of the day, God is God and I am not. God is God. That, that, that's a verse, I believe that's in Isaiah as well, where it says, God is God and I am not. At the end of the day, anything I don't have, it's because God knows best. Anything that I'm still waiting for, it's because God's timing is perfect. Anything that has slipped out of my fingers, it's because it wasn't for me and God has something better for me. Humility is understanding that you do not know best for your life. God does. 
And if you put your trust in God, your soul will not be downcast. I love when David says that. He says, my soul, why are you downcast? He was going through a lot of horrible things in his life. But he said, wait, why are you downcast if your trust is in the Lord? And I'll tell you the same thing, Maven, who's listening to me. Your soul doesn't need to be downcast. I understand the temptation. I understand depression. I understand anxiety. I understand sadness. I really do. I understand what it's like to be there, but I also understand what it's like to pump my soul up and to give it a, an injection of humility and say, you know what? You don't know everything. And no, you don't want to be hurting right now. And no, you don't want to be in this position right now. But if you are in this position, it's for your own good. C.S. Lewis, who is one of my favorite authors, he compares God. He says, God is the great veterinarian. He says, God, why does he say God is a great veterinarian and not doctor? Because he says, we don't even compare it to God. We're just beasts. We're animals who want food. We want comfort. We want all the great things. Um, you know, and we want to be lounging around and be in comfort. And I don't know if you guys identify with that, but I know I identify with that. I just want to be vibing, happy, and free all the time. But sometimes God has to go and adjust something for our own good. And what do animals do when the vet is adjusting something for their own good? They bite, they scratch, they run into a corner, and they run away from this person whose hands are forming them and making them more whole and more healthy. And so humility causes you to look at yourself that way and say, you know what, really, I'm just like a little cat or a little dog who has no idea what is going on while God is trying to strengthen my leg, while God is trying to give me medicine for my heart, while God is trying to fix my path. You know, it's like, it's like my kids when they were little, they, when they started walking, you know, they'd start walking in whatever direction. And I would always have to pick them up by the armpits. I'm sure you guys have seen moms do this a thousand times or you've done it with your little brothers and sisters or whatever. You pick them up by the armpits, you know, you just spin them around and then they keep on walking, but they're walking now in a different direction. And sometimes they don't even notice what the difference is. They just know that they don't like when you pick them up or my kids would always complain when I would pick them up because they wanted to keep going where they were going. And it's the same way sometimes with God humility causes you to remember that, that when God changes your direction, it's never for your worse. It's always for your betterment. The last thing is worship. Worship brings contentment. When you begin to worship God, and this could be done in songs, but it's also not only in songs. I don't know if you guys know this, but you don't just need Maverick City or Upper Room to worship. You can worship simply with your words, simply praying a prayer saying, God, I know you're good. That's how all of David's Psalms were. They were just saying, God, I know you're good. I know you will rescue me. I know that you're bringing about the, the solution to my issues. I know that I haven't seen it yet, but I know that you're still good. David said in Psalms 27, one of my favorite verses, he said, I am confident in this, that I will see the Lord in the land of the living. Worship. See, thankfulness is giving thanks for what he's done, but worship is being able to declare now the goodness of God and what he's going to do simply out of faith. Not because you have proof. See, with thankfulness, you have proof because you've seen the things he's done and you're thanking him for things you've already seen. But worship is saying, God, I believe. And sometimes your heart 
hasn't even caught up to your worship and that's okay. Sometimes you're going to be saying things that you don't even fully, fully, fully believe in your heart. But as you worship, the, the Bible says, like I've already said, the Bible says there's power in your tongue. There is power in your words. The tongue has the power of life and death. As you worship, he's cultivating that contentment in you. As you worship, you're not only blessing God, but you are being blessed by God because your heart is being built and you're becoming a stronger more formidable Christian. So let me go ahead and start praying for you guys. And if anybody needs to log off because they have to go to work, I totally understand. This is a word that I've just been so passionate about and I feel like people needed it. So I did the same thing in the Spanish class that I went a little bit over in time. Please don't be late to work. Please don't be distracted as you're driving. But for those of you guys who can join me in prayer, let's just start in our own words right there where you are giving thanks to God. Lord, we give you thanks that we woke up this morning. We give you things that we still have the electricity to have a battery on our phone and listen to this call. We give you thanks. I give you thanks for each one of these women who even have to log off right now to go to their jobs. Thank you that they have a job to log on to. Thank you for their families. Lord, their families are not perfect. Their husbands are not perfect. Their children are not perfect. Maybe even today, Lord, they have... Um, already felt tired because of everything that they're doing with Christmas and with everything else. But thank you, Lord, that they have someone to celebrate Christmas with. Thank you, Lord. And even those that don't have anyone to celebrate Christmas with, thank you that you've brought them this far. Thank you for our health. Thank you for our life. Thank you for the simple things right there where you are. Just begin to give God thanks. I don't know what you have in your life to give God thanks for, but I know that every single one of us has something to give God thanks for. I know that every single one of us has a reason to thank him. I know that every single one of us has a reason to say, Lord, I'm not going to put my eyes on what is not. I'm going to put my eyes on what is. I'm going to put my eyes on what you've done. And what you've done up until now is the proof that you're going to continue working. What you've done up until now is the proof that you have not abandoned me or forsaken me. And if you have not abandoned me or forsaken me up until now, God, you're not going to start now. We thank you, Lord. I pray that you cultivate humility in us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you teach us how to have the proper perspective on who we are versus who you are. Isaiah says your ways are different than our ways. Your thoughts are so much higher than ours. When you allow something to happen in our life, when you allow us to go through processes, it's because you know the reason. And only in the future will we be able to look back and say, oh, I get it. Oh, that was why. Oh, Lord, I understand. Sometimes we won't even get to say that until we get to eternity, Lord. But we know that in the end, if we trust you, if we humbly trust you, if we do not rely on our own understanding, like the word of God says in Proverbs, but we lean on you and lean on who you are and lean on your character and lean on who you've proven to be then our souls will not be downcast. Father God, we worship you this morning. With these last few seconds that we have, we worship you. We place you in your proper place on the throne of our hearts. Sometimes, God, the reason why we're anxious is because we don't have you on the throne. We put our jobs, we put our comfort, we put our money, we put materialistic things, we put even our families as idols over you, God. But if you were truly the first in our life, then we would know that we have reason to worship because we may not have everything we want but if we have you we have enough we may not have everything we ask for but if we have you we have enough let us worship you and give you thanks simply for the fact that we have you 
simply for the fact that you are in our lives. In Jesus' name, Father God, I pray that you help every one of these young women cultivate these three things over the next two weeks, that their year, their new year will be started on the basis of these three things, thankfulness, humility, and worship. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen.